Hello everyone. Welcome to Heaven's Lighthouse Ministry. As the word says, we shall come into his presence with singing and into his courts with praise and overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Just to encourage your hearts this morning uh, that God is our help. And it's taken from Psalms 121 and it reads thus. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved, and he that keepeth thee will not slumber nor sleep. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper, the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. Here hence the reading of God's word. Just wanted to encourage your hearts with that, that just look to God because he's your strength. In Jesus name. And I just hand the rest of the service over to uh, Minister Andrani. Thank you. You're awesome. So we're we're excited. Actually, we're not excited. We're ecstatic, as usual, right? About the things of God. That's that's what moves us and drives us on. You know, not material things. We're excited about the things of God. We're excited about the Word of God and the promises of God. And that word is for all who are in Christ. Everything that is from God is expressed to us through Jesus Christ. And anybody who heard that scripture verse that was read, you can actually, in Christ, you can claim that. We can claim that. We can appropriate it. We can activate it in our life and cause the power of God to produce those kind of results. And that's why we don't walk in fear. We don't walk in doubt. Even, even though so many things are happening in the world and, you know, people are, their, their heart is beating based on, the news that is coming down, the, the news that is going to be on the popular news of tomorrow cause us to be excited, cause us to be positive, or dictates what we always feel. And that was not designed by God. That is not order. If this is why we, we are big proponents of uh, going to the word of God and finding out what is written there. What is God saying about the situation? What is God saying about coronavirus? People are so... Uh, you know, tuning in to different TV stations, radio station, and, and articles and so forth to see when the, you know, when are they going to be finding some type of a cure? But we don't, we're not, we're not dependent on that to feel safe. We're just going to the word of God and see what he has spoken about us. Yeah. And the evidence of what God has already done in, in creation, it speaks for itself. In other words, if you go outside and, if you just get up and look outside, that's it. You know who you know who really have the power to protect you, right? And to preserve your life and to provide for your needs and so forth. We know it's God. It's hands down God. So therefore, you know, when we read the news, it's just to find out what, you know, just to kind of keep abreast of what's going on. But not to find out about what our tomorrow is going to be. It, it's, it's just two different, two different powers at work here. What can your Canadian government do for you? Versus what can Jesus Christ do for you? Whatever resources the Canadian government has, 
they were created by Jesus Christ. And we need to switch that mentality that we have of being dependent on. That's what we talked about last week, faith in God, faith towards God. And as you know, we don't necessarily always have this position, but when you come into Jesus Christ and, you're, and you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, and, he, and no, he, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. So you become a, a, a part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And he has made arrangement for your existence in his kingdom. So you depend on him for everything, even for knowledge. Your knowledge is no longer common knowledge, earthly knowledge. That is actually inferior. What they teach at uh, the greatest universities, Harvard and the Princeton's, they are, look at them, they're the ones who are running the, the world. And look at the, um, they ran the world into um, craziness. Because they subscribe to an inferior knowledge. And they are, they're puffed up in, uh, in the intellect. But the, 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 the great minds cannot even, after so many people have died, they still can't come up with a solution. That just shows you that how inferior the knowledge of mankind is when, when it's in contrast when it's competing with God instead of coordinating with God, instead of allowing the intellect to cooperate with what God has spoken in his word, we push God to the side, secularly that is, and then compete with the um, knowledge that man has. And that cannot save people. No, they're scrambling. And then people who have put their trust in governments are calling their governments failures. They should have never put their, their trust in, their, in governments. So when I when I turn on the, the you know the news, I mean it does not affect me one bit. I mean I just watched. I don't care if they if there was a bomb, a, a, a great a nuclear bomb that was going to drop in Canada, I would not be concerned one bit. I just doesn't I, it doesn't bother me. I, I I know where what I believe. I know when I die, based on my profession in Jesus Christ, I know where I'm going to go. Jesus said said it this way. He said, "Don't fear them who can kill the body and can do no more." He said, fear him who can not only kill your body, but can cast your soul into hell. So that means he's basically saying, fear God. So we should have a healthy, reverential fear of God. And that will put everything else in perspective. I was talking to someone earlier this week, and I was telling them, listen, when Jesus, when Jesus returns, if there was a fire, when, you know, if you're not in right standing with God, when Jesus come back, if, if there was a fire in front of you and Jesus in front of you, you'd, in running away from the Lord, you'd run in that fire because he's going to be way more fierce than a fire, than an earthly fire. The fear of God should, should run away, chase away every other fear or trust. So this is, this is what we stand for. And this is what we're encouraging people to put their trust in Jesus Christ in this time and age. Why, why should we scramble here, there, and everywhere? When God is the, uh, the author of everything, he's the creator of the heavens and the earth. And we can have confidence in him. And he has communicated th this to us in his word. And we have those words in our, in our house. Sometimes, you know, many copies of the Bible. And then he said, he's saying basically that Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is now our high priest. And we can, we can come before the Lord in prayer and bring our supplications before him. And that's why we've been, uh, over the last few weeks, we've been going over the foundational things of the Christian faith. Because when you have these foundational things in your faith, you're going to be, you're going to, in times of difficulties, you're, go, you're not going to be um, fearful. You're going you're gonna to know that God is with you. 
So you want to just don't, don't just profess Jesus Christ and then go back to your, your old way of thinking. Profess Jesus Christ and then begin to, to begin to learn what is written in his word. Begin to be a part of his uh, the body of Christ and to begin to, to live the life of a Christian in obedience to Jesus Christ. Knowing that he's with you, knowing that he, he protects you, knowing where it, eternity lies. I was listening to, uh, I was sharing with um, Sister Marcia last night, I was listening to, listening to Jesse Duplantis. He's a, um, one of those preachers over in the U.S. And he, uh, when he was very young, he was taken to heaven. I hope I don't have any, anyone on here who think that people don't go to heaven, you know, that the Lord don't take people in the spirit into heaven. Because you, you need to, um, you know, recheck your, your, your Bible, stop reading with such a thick glasses if you, if you believe that it's not true. God still communicates in these um, fashions to people. But he was saying when he went up there, how, you know, he met quite a few characters up there, like Abraham and uh, Moses and even Jesus himself. But he said when Jesus was coming, he had to, everybody, he had to just get on his knee. It's like he, he, he couldn't stand on his feet. You can't stand on your, on your, on your feet. until the ends, capital N. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, you can't stand on your feet. But then when he saw Father Abraham, you know, the, everybody is uh, clothed in heaven based on what the, how they fulfilled their calling here on earth. And then there were many people that he saw there and they were, they were at different stages. Depending on their willingness to be used by the Lord down here, when they were alive, many people just made it because of the grace of God. Yeah, many people just make it because of the goodness. Sorry for the, the distraction there. For, because of the grace and the goodness of God. But, you know, we're supposed to be activated. Activated down here. We're supposed to be fulfilling what is it that God has called, put us on the earth to fulfill. And that's why we're spending time in the word and going through the word so people can truly begin to understand that there's a spiritual mandate on their life, that you're not supposed to be confused uh, about this thing. Right? So we, we're going through the word of God and we've been talking about the foundational things uh, that are mentioned in Hebrews 6 from 1 to uh, 3, verses 1 to 3. And this is like the bedrock. This is like the foundational teachings of uh, Jesus Christ. And we need to rest our faith on this and then build from that then you can build into the prophetic then you can go into the gifts the gifts the nine gifts of this um of the spirit gifts of healing miracles those are um gifts that were given to the church of jesus christ that are none mostly i see non-operational in most believers lives you call them and tell them that you're sick and they don't pray for you they tell you they, they tell you why don't you head on to the doctor like no first things first like pray about it so we're about, to, we're, we're about waking up to the reality of what is written in Scripture. Actually waking up to it and let it, letting this thing work for you. Let it work. If, if God was um, as um, promises like these, we're, we, we're, we're going to harass you about these things. Everybody, we're going to harass. Every, I was, um, last week I shared with you, oh, we have, there's a, a family over next to our Hindu family. We prayed with them. And how um, some of them got saved and so forth. But their son is so, how old is he? Probably 12, 13, 12 years old. And he's full of faith. And the minute I started talking to that guy, I was like so shocked. I'm like, oh, I, I, I told him, I said, months ago, I told him, Jesus is going to visit you. I couldn't believe he had so much faith. And I said, okay, I'm going to pray for you. And every, I prayed for him. 
And then the next time I saw him, I'm like, did you get a visitation? He's like, no. And the next time I saw him, I get, uh, did you get a visitation? He's like, no. And I, and I said, listen, I'm going to pray again. I kept on praying. Do you know that he had two encounters with Jesus Christ this week? Right? And his dad is a Hindu. They can't keep him quiet over the house. It, he's, um, I, I think this guy is going to preach or something. He's, he's full of fire. And, he, and I, I, don't, I have not even had that exchange with him. It's my son is telling me about these encounters. That he's telling everybody outside about that the Lord visited him. A 12-year-old kid. Yeah, and he heard people. Meanwhile, he's interacting with people. He heard the judgment going on in the background. Right? 12, 12-year-old. 12 and that's why the Bible says that we should come like, come like little children. If we have that type of mentality, you know, we don't have to grow up too quick. We become too intellectual, too smart. And now the Lord is actually an encounter actually encountering the younger ones and we're wondering no it's for everybody it's not going to be the dramatic way for everybody but god is going to communicate with you continuously not just once either right so we're laying down these foundational things and when you lay these foundational things in your faith it's going to move you on into the perfection that paul is actually talking about and in the perfection is where the power is in the perfection, perfection is where intimacy is, is where you, you, the Lord give you visitations. You're constantly having dreams and visions. I don't think it's for um, some people only. It's for everybody. So this is what we're saying. But you want to settle these things. You want to answer the call and give your life to Jesus Christ in totality. Don't, don't do it 50% and then wonder why, why is it that the next part of it is not happening. Because you have not, we have not done the part that we should, that we should be doing. Which is, which is to subject to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And if you're not there as yet, then you can get there. You need more knowledge. You need more understanding. And that's why we have a podium like this. So these, the, this understanding can be imparted to you by the Holy Spirit. And then as you get this knowledge that is consistent with God's word, what are you going to be doing? Knowledge is going to enable you to make decisions because it gives you intelligence. You know why you're doing what you're doing. You're not just blindly doing something. So we're going, we're going, we're reading from uh, Hebrews six, and uh, we've been reading the scripture pretty much every uh, sermon because we're, like I said, these are the foundational things that we need to build our faith on. And it says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptism. And of laying on of hands and resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgments. These are things that every single Christian needs to understand. Resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. Is there, you know, it seems as if many people think that eternal judgment is a figment of people's imagination. And people have many different opinions. Imagine in a North America is looked at, at as a first world country. Maybe the, uh, even the best between Canada and U.S. Are, are right at the top, right at the top of the list. But then we have so many, uh, the, the Bible, and yet still the Bible is so simple. Words of God is so simple. And people are so spiritually illiterate. We have so many different, uh, so many different uh, versions of uh, what is spoken of in the Word of God. And so much confusion. And that's why because people are changing the Word of God to suit their lifestyle. And, and God is having none of that. So they can't manifest any power. But when Jesus was doing the work of God, God was, was confirming what he was saying with signs, wonders, and miracles. Mm -hmm. But we understand this in the natural. You know, if people go and buy a, a Tim Hortons or a McDonald's restaurant, they understand that it, it, this is a franchise. 
you know, you can go take your grandmother's seasoning that you um, brought from your ethnic background and sprinkle other people's um, fries and then tell them, oh, it's going to taste good. McDonald's going to take by the restaurant from you, the franchise from you. I say, uh-uh. You go open up your ethnic restaurant down the street and sprinkle your grandmother's seasoning on that. So why do we think we can come into um, the, in, in, the, in the business of God and change it? God. McDonald's, mere McDonald's, so puny little McDonald's. Will not sit, or, or Tim Hortons, dead, dead as he is. He will not allow that. There, there are um, stuff that he written in the code before he died so that they wouldn't change his, uh, you know, certain things about the coffee and so forth. So when he comes down to the things of God, how is it that this franchise works? By pattern. The pattern is in, is in scripture. So you align yourself with that, with, with, with what Jesus Christ is saying and every promises of God. When God sees uh, that you're in Christ, perfectly sitting in Christ, then every, all of his blessings. That means no man can take your life before it's time. Jesus said, no man take my life. I, I lay it down. Imagine living on earth and no man can kill you before God says it's time for you to go. Unless you're in, in disobedience. If the Lord allow it, fine. The Lord allow the spirit of martyrdom to come on some people. That's, their, that's what it's about. But they could not take Jesus. They tried to take Jesus on several different occasions and could not take him. Why is it that they couldn't take him? It was not his time. And, in, and in the, at the very end, when they, tried, when they came to take him, he said, think not that I could call on my father. And, say, and he sent six legions of uh, angels and decimate the whole Roman Empire, if that's what we wanted to. If we, if, and Jesus is gonna, he's eventually is going to flex his muscle. And now we're going to see who is strong. It's not the nuclear-armed countries that are strong. They're deluded. If you don't have Christ, you're deluded. This is the type of this is this is where we must ground our faith. So we have we have we have all missed it. I've missed it for a long time, but no more, because God has opened up my eyes. So we're we're moving on today to uh, the doctrine of baptisms. We already laid out uh, spoke about uh, repentance from dead works, and last week we spoke we spoke about faith towards God. And now this week we're talking about the doctrine of baptisms. And in Matthew 3, verses 11, Matthew 3, verses 11, it says, it says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I. Whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And we know this is John the Baptist speaking this here. Knowing what he was sent to do, I want him to do no more. He knew that he was not the Christ. He said oh, he was um, mere, he was the herald, the one that was there to sound the alarm that the Messiah, the promised Messiah that was uh, spoken of hundreds of years before, is on his way. And I'm not that one. But there are four different baptisms that are spoken of in Scripture, not just one. That's why it says the doctrine of baptisms. And the four baptisms are one. Christ is, we're going to show you this from scripture, just in case you, you've never heard it before. I mean, sometimes, you know, we haven't heard something before, something before, and, we, and then we hear it now, and then we go, oh, that is not true. Well, let, well let's check the facts before we um, say it's not true, right? Because I do, we, we went and did our research before we um, came and sounded the alarm on this. We read some scriptures, and we have some scriptures to back this thing up. So the first one is Christ's baptism of suffering. And the baptism of John, like we were saying, we know John's baptism. It wasn't a permanent baptism, but John was baptizing people unto repentance in the Jordan River. All right? And then we have Christian baptism, and we have the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is spoken up of Jesus Christ. And that is, this is where, this, is, this changes everything. 
That's why Jesus told the disciples that they should not go and preach. After he resurrected, he told the disciples, do not go and preach this gospel until you have been endued with power from on high. And they had that, um, they waited and they, they took the words that he gave them and they did not go and preach. They waited until they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we see the exploits that they did, that God did through them. So this is a pivotal part of the Christian faith that we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because nobody could, um, no, no man could uh, please God or fulfill the commandments of God. It, it's only through the empowerment of the Spirit. And this is where a lot of the body of Christ are, um, you know, for whatever reason, they think that this is no longer relevant. Many famous preachers on the, um, uh, on the radio are saying that this is no longer relevant. So Jesus Christ came and made such a great impression with all of that power. And then he said, you know what, but the, the ones that come um, after me are not going to be able to do exploits. Or, but the devil can, can manifest and take people to, uh, you know, destroy. we see what's happening in the world now. So what is God doing about it? God made provision for that in his, in, in his word. But if a man don't, don't align himself with God's will and open up himself to the spirit of God coming in like the, the early apostles did, then they, all he's going to do is just go out and try and, and convince people intellectually that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you can't do it. You got to do it. You got to be led by the Holy Spirit. You got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the power of God has to be working on you. The same power, different levels, different um, miracles. God's going to do at different times. So the word baptize in the Bible means to entirely immerse or sub submerge in something. And now the, the first one we're talking about is Christian, Christ's baptism of suffering that I just mentioned. And, and if we, we see in Luke 12 verses 50. Luke 12, 50 says, But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and oh, am I straightened till it be accomplished. Jesus speaking here, talking about the fact that he had to go to the cross. And that was the baptism of suffering that he's talking about. We, we read in um, Mark 10, 38, the sons of Zebedee, they were asking Jesus Christ, they were two of the uh, disciples, they were asking Jesus Christ if they could have the honor of sitting in, with him in his kingdom, one on the right hand and one on the left hand. And Jesus was saying that they don't, they, they know not what, he says, he said to them, ye know not what ye ask. And he said, can ye drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? Jesus was speaking of the suffering awaiting him through his death for the sins of all mankind. He was to be immersed in suffering, buried in the tomb, and resurrected in a new body. In other words, when we come to Jesus, it doesn't mean that, you know, you're not in heaven as yet. Hello. When you die, you, you, you get up there, and then you don't have to fight more. Uh, you don't have to go through these sufferings. You don't have to fight spiritual warfare and, and, uh, and all of these unpleasant things that we're going through. When we, when heaven is a perfect place. But we're going to, when you come to Jesus Christ, just because you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior does not mean that, Everything is going to be perfect, which is why a lot of people get discouraged and turn back. So, in other words, what we're doing before we get people in and get them baptized and all that, we're, we're saying, listen, get ready for war. Yeah, and it might be in your role also. Your mom and your dad might turn back from you. And if your mom and your dad say, oh, you know, I don't like the fact that you're a Christian. What are you going to do? Well, well, mom, when I die, can you take my soul to heaven? Can you take my, can you save me? And if the answer is no, which is, well, if the person even says, if she says um, yes, then she's a liar. And um, two, she can't do it. So you better run with Jesus. And run run from your mom. Run from your dad. And Jesus made this plain in scripture. And that's what this thing is. We need, we need not hang on to. 
we need not, uh, you know, I feel the spread, you know, some of you guys see me um, jumping all over the place. It's not because I'm jumping. It's just, it's, it's just that the Lord is putting this on me to say, and I can't stop it when the, when the presence of God comes in. That's why uh, this, this happens to me. A lot of people think that I have some type of a, you know, neurological disorder. Uh, these are spiritual things. I can't explain it. It's just hard to happen to me. If I could stop it, probably I would, but I can't, right? So Christ is baptism of suffering. Get ready for some unpleasant thing. Some people not to agree with you because you're 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 not chasing Jesus Christ, and they can't they can't see him. He doesn't come and knock on your door and take you for for breakfast and lunch every day or every now and then or even come say hello physically. So they can't get it. In other words, they are not they have not been enlightened as yet. You keep walking with Jesus and they'll be enlightened. But if you turn back with them, then we bother you're gonna go to hell. Right? That's what this is what this thing boils up. You know they don't talk about hell in the church. You know? Too many people don't talk about hell a lot more. But Jesus, if you go read through the scripture, Jesus spoke about hell way more than he uh, spoke about heaven. Why? You know some people, the, the, the you know Jesus Christ is the most beautiful person you can uh, ever meet. Right? I, yeah, I've never had an encounter where I've had several encounters with the Lord. Most of them have been very fierce. I'm still waiting for him to uh, come in my dream and just take me and give me like a you know a big hug. And just tell me, oh, Andrade, I love you so much, right? I'm, I'm still waiting for, for, for that encounter. And I know it's there. He has revealed it to me on a certain level. But there's a, there's a fiery part of him too. And that, that we, we are making peace with God now, so you don't have to, don't deal with, I tell people, don't deal with that part of God. Deal with the beautiful, loving aspect of him that he wants you to know. So that's why, you, you, this is why you can come and say, today, I submit myself to you, Jesus Christ. I make you my Lord and my Savior. Make peace with God. So the, the baptism of John is, is the next one. It says here in Luke uh, 1, 71, 76 to 77. Luke 1, 76 to 77. It says, For thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. Talking, it's talking here about John. So we know John baptized uh, the people unto repentance. But then in Matthew 3, verses 11, it says, He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So we are, we're just acknowledging the, the different forms of baptism that are um, written up in the New Testament. So we know the ministry of John the Baptist was the beginning of a new spiritual age. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presseth unto it. So Luke 16, verses 16, that's what it says. The law and the prophets were until John. In other words, before the time of John, the people lived under the law. Prophets and priests, prophets and priests serve as spiritual leaders and interpreters of the law. Only the priests had access to the presence of God in the temple. They served as mediators between the people and God and offered sacrifices for sin as God had commanded. But we know this all changed with the coming of Jesus Christ. Through his life, death, and resurrection, Jesus made access to God possible for all men. Isn't that amazing? Jesus now served as the mediator between sinful man and the righteous God. Jesus now is the high priest. And John made two demands on the people. Repentance and public confession of sins. Those who were willing to meet the, these God-given requirements were baptized in the Jordan River as a public testimony. It was an outward sign that they had repented of their, of their sins. 
you know, when some of the religious le leaders came to John to be baptized, he refused to do it. Can you imagine that? Someone come to be baptized and John says no. He demanded that they were, they were that they show evidence of real change in their lives before he would baptize them. Not like the churches these days where we baptize everybody. We think it the signal going down in the, in the water is what does it. No. It has to be repentant. In Matthew, and we, the scripture says it here, Matthew 3, 7 to 8. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who had warned you to flee from the wrath to come? He said, bring forth fruits, therefore meet for repentance. Bring forth fruit, meet for repentance. That means when you, when you claim that you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, and you say, well, we're not saying that necessarily in day one, everything is going to be changed in your life. But a process begins right here of you turning away from the old man, of you turning away from sin. And it's not something that you're doing, able to do on your own either. But if you're sincere and, you're, um, and you've really done your best to repent of your sin and invite Jesus Christ in, the Holy Spirit will now begin to undertake that process inside of you of changing you, of transforming you, and helping you to break off the thoughts, the, the addictions, everything that is associated with this world system that is not consistent with the word of God. You're a new person. So repentance and remission of sins was required by John before you would baptize. The phrase baptism unto repentance and remission of sins does not mean that these two experiences follow the act of being baptized in water. Baptism was a visible confirmation that those being baptized was already had already experienced repentance and forgiveness. So we want to we wanna, um, state all of the beautiful things that are in promises that are in the Bible. The blessings from Abraham that are given to us. But first, we want to say to you, how do you come into those blessings? What do I have to do so that my prayers can be now effective? If you're praying and your prayers are not passing your ceiling, then there might be a problem. And this is, this is what John the Baptist did with great vigor. That man, that's why he grew up in the wilderness. Because he had to go against people that were stuck in their old ways and didn't truly want to repent. And this is necessary. And this is actually a good thing. Anything that God suggests to you in his word, it's a beautiful thing. And we should align ourselves with what God asking, what the Lord is asking us to do. So we move on now to Christian baptism. <coughs> the, the, uh, so in uh, the passage which best introduces what we call Christian baptism, describe the baptism of Jesus. And in Matthew 3, 13 to 17, it says here, it says, Then come at Jesus from Galilee to be baptized of him, to be baptized of John. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering, said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. So there was a spiritual, some spiritual implication of Jesus Christ being baptized, setting an example that even uh, 2,000 years after that, Andrea and Kim can get baptized, and, and you guys can, can, can get baptized. Right? So we should follow this pattern that is set out in Scripture of repentance. 
And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway, straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And isn't that what we want the Father to say about it? After we come, that we, 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 we truly repent so God can be, you know, we can move back into right standing with God. And he said, here is my son, Adriano. Here's my daughter, Elizabeth. And Marcia, my daughter, and Dana, and Tasia, right? Mm -hmm. And this wonderful relationship can begin to happen. The way that Jesus said, I do nothing unless I see my father do it first. But this world wants to tell you something different. Something that is not consistent with what is written in scripture. And God is sending us here to say, don't take the bait of Satan. There's a book out here by John Dutra. It's called The Bait of Satan. These are lies. We have also, the uh, next one is the baptism of babies. We know Jesus was not baptized as a baby. When he was an infant, he was, his parents brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, but he was not baptized. Jesus was not baptized until he knew what he was doing and the reason why he was doing it. He asked people, a lot of people these days, if they were baptized, they go, yes. I go, when? Or when I was a baby with my 20-year-old um, advanced brain, I chose to be baptized at that time and I'm saved. That's not the case. Babies can be dedicated to the Lord. Dedicated, but they, they're not baptized. Baptism is something that, that after you become of age, now, now many, many children, um, really, by revelation, they come to the Lord very early. Some as early as, I would say, four or five. They got it, and they, and they received Jesus Christ, and they walked with him all of their life. Another thing um, associated is sprinkling or immersion. When, when we get baptized, should, we, should they just sprinkle water over you, or should they immerse you in water? Some churches baptized by sprinkling water. Others totally immerse, immerse in water. We know when Jesus was baptized that he went, he was totally immersed in water. In allowing himself to be baptized, baptized Jesus showed outward obedience to the will of God. Through this act of obedience, he fulfilled the plan of God. When believers are baptized, this outward act symbolizes the inward righteousness which they have received by faith. So we should be totally immersed in water. Not what they do at the, some, in some Catholic churches. I'm not saying that, you know, I, I have this uh, older lady um, that I met on the street and I prayed for her uh, a couple of times and the Lord actually healed her. So last time I saw her, she was very excited. And she was like, oh, you, you were the one who prayed for me the last time. Like, yeah. And she goes, can you pray for me again? She has some other issues. So I was praying for her. And then, and then she told me that she went to Catholic church. And in my, um, in my zeal, I go, really, Catholic? You really go to that church? I was so disappointed. But then she, she kind of like, you know, because I have faith. And she's right. She said, because I have faith, God connect me uh, to that faith. And I just kind of calmed down after I gave it to her for a second. I, I, I said, oh, you're right. You know, if, if that's where the Lord have you, then fine. But, you know, I'm not really uh, so much with the, uh, you know, if they were doing their job, I would have to come here and pray for you right now. In other words, I, you know, that's really, if, if they were doing their job, they would they would have laid hands on this woman and she would have gotten healing. And then I'm walking by her house and she's crying out for me to come and pray for her because she got healed last time. All right. And this is this is where it should be. A lot of what they um, a lot of yeah, because people are going there looking for Jesus. He he he's not going to disappoint them. 
even though it's not the perfect place for them to be and they're not doing things uh, the way that they should. But God is uh, so merciful and he will reward you, reward you for your faith uh, even if you walk up on a mountain in error, right? So the requirements for baptism. There were spiritual conditions to be met by those who, who sought baptism from John. The, the, these are also requirements to be met by those seeking Christian baptism. The first requirement for baptism was given by Jesus. And it's in Matthew 28, 19-20. Go ye therefore and teach. Teach all nations. Teach them. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command I have commanded you. You see, this is a um, this is a continuous thing. So don't just come to Jesus, get back, get saved, baptized, go back home, and don't continue in the teachings of Jesus Christ. The instructions that are given for for godly living. Mm -hmm. We're big on that why because people need their we people need their their um prayers answered people need to have a relationship with god people need to know that he's actually there for them mm -hmm. and if you miss these steps somewhere along the way then you're not gonna see you're not gonna have this intimacy with jesus christ where you're hearing for him in regards to your financial issues your your physical issues your marital issues and you're wondering why and then it defeats your faith. And sometimes you even walk away from God and begin to depend on, like we were saying last week, the government. Depend on your friends. Depend on, depend on your family. And pretty soon, your faith is totally evaporated. But if you form your faith on these foundational things here, you will never run dry, period. You'll never uh -uh. Never. God will always be there for you. It's, it's just that there's a, there's a part that we human beings, we were in Christ. We were professed Jesus Christ. There's something that we need to do. There are things that we need to do daily. In obedience. Get in the word. We're saying, I hope everybody has a Bible. And they've begin, begun to re read that Bible. You know, spend time. You can. I, I hope everybody have read the bible at least once from back to front it takes a year half an hour per day and if you haven't done it still not the end of the world but you can start today half an hour right and spend time with god and turn off that tv a little bit maybe people here don't even watch tv a lot i don't even have the cable once i truly got into the things of god Acts 16, 14 to 15, actually Acts 2, verses 41, it says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. They that gladly received his word. You can tell that these people go, they got it, you know. It clicked, and they baptized them because it clicked. There was, a, there was an exchange there. Acts 19, verses 5, it says, When they heard this, they were baptized. In Acts 16, 14 to 15, it says, a certain woman named Lydia attended unto the things that were spoken of Paul, and she was baptized. She attended unto the things that were spoken of Paul. Are, are you attending to the things that are being spoken here? If you have never truly professed Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior in an official way, maybe you have gone to church, 
Maybe you have been different places where the gospel of Jesus Christ where it was preached. But as, have you truly say, um, said, yes, Jesus Christ, I make you my Lord and my King and my Master. I subject my life to you. Have you done that? That's something, you know, Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, then I'm going to be ashamed of you before my Father and the Holy Angel. It, when, when the Lord returns, the angels will come with him. And they will, he will, the angels will actually separate those who are saved, believers from unbelievers. Where will you be on that day? See? Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Today. And, and, and in saying today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. It's not just, for some of us, it's things that we need to get rid of out of our lives that are, the, that, are, that are the things that are keeping us from the fullness of God. Get rid of those things today. Make decisions for Jesus Christ. Anything that is not consistent with Scripture, you do not need it to survive. Material things, all of the material things that are on the earth, God made it. Like, we've, like I've said so many times, the Lord made it. Every house that is being built is being is being built from material that God created. Every car that we're going that we're putting in front in front of God is being created by the material that God put on the earth when He created it. Everything that governments are fighting for, land, God put it on the earth. Nothing that exists. Man is not creating anything. Man is just using material that was in creation to make things, and then making those things idols. We need to rid those things out of, of our, our life and begin to put Jesus Christ of our focus. If, if he has given you these promises, this mighty, powerful, unbelievable, loving God has given you these promises, right? What more can he do? I'm telling you, I would give everything right now. If I have to, you know, give the house up and go live in a, in a one-bedroom apartment, then so be it. I'm, I'm saying yes. I don't care. Say yes to Jesus. If I'm going to, if when this life is over, I'm going to go up. My God Almighty. That gets me so excited. You know, I'm bored until somebody knocks on my door for prayer or call my phone for prayer. I'm just merely existing. The house doesn't do anything for me. You know, the Lord bought us a, uh, uh, my expensive car, it's parked there like a old antique. Nobody, even, I couldn't tell the last time anybody, 100,000, it's just sitting there. And people are selling themselves for these type of things. I could, it's like I'm bored. But let the Lord open the door for me to speak to somebody. All of a sudden, something else happened. I get really excited. God, you see, when you get to that point, oh, come on. The Lord will give you, give you the material things. When they don't mean anything to you anymore, the Lord will give them to you. But don't make them idle. That's all, that's all we're saying here. So the second condition is repentance. The second condition for baptism is repentance from sin. Peter stressed this during his sermon on the day of Pentecost. In Acts 2, verses 37, it says, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. I hope you're being pricked if, you're, if you have not really subjected everything to Jesus Christ. I hope, no, you, I, I hope there's more than a prick in your heart, just enough that you don't pass on, you know, move on. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? 
Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you know, I feel like those priests tell me to say something else also. Many people think about God in a general sense. So God, but then if you don't know Jesus Christ, you will never know God. It's not the Muslim Muslims God. It's not the Hindus, uh, 1.2 billion God that they have over there. Or uh, Buddha, dead, buried, never to be resurrected. And none of those men can save you. It gives me great confidence to tell um, Muslims in a nice way that I meet that, you know, good that you're going to the mosque, but you're wasting your time. Did, have you ever heard from, yeah, from, your, from Allah? Where is the people that he, where, where is the testimony of the people that he's healing and saving? He's silent because he's dead. So we're we, we're talking about a living God. You know, go if you go on YouTube, go on the internet now and begin to um, read the testimonies of people in the year 2020 that have um, received had some type of a supernatural encounter with Jesus Christ. You would it would take you a long time to go through that. But go read about, go look in, look in um, a lot of these, uh, these Muslim countries. I mean, if you're a Muslim, you need to get on the right trip. I'm not, you know, putting you down, but it's just a wrong, wrong thing. So let's deal with truth. Let's not deal with what our forefathers, uh, I'm not on my father's side. Just because in no way, I'm looking for truth. And if my dad is not aligned with truth, then bye-bye. I'm going where truth is. And, I, and Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if you have to, if you have to deny your uh, lineage, your grandfather, because he's so staunch in his um, own belief system. Then move on from him and move to the move to the light. That's what this thing is about. The third condition for baptism is believe in faith, like we spoke about last week. Last week, Mark sixteen fifteen to sixteen, it says, and he said unto them, Go ye unto all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Mm. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. That's why we have to preach. This is why whenever I see Hindus and so forth, I mean, I'm very, I'm not necessarily this aggressive um, with them because obviously at that, <laughs> excuse me, at that moment, it's not the time to be aggressive. You have to show them the love of God. Right? But, we, but this truth has to be uh, spoken so that they can come into the light. Too many, too many people are being lost. And when we say lost, there are many, I think it's 150,000 people that said that every, how often is it? Probably every minute or something, every day, I think. Yeah, every day, not every minute, every day. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a lot of people that are, that are, that are that have not received Jesus Christ that are moving on to eternity. And there will be no, <clears throat> there will be no time for them to hear this again. This is why we uh, who are on here, it's, uh, we can do something about it. We can now go preach this gospel message to them and the power of God, your neighbors, the people at the stores, the people at your workplaces, in action mode, so that God can save people, right? Now, we want to talk about, uh, a next one is a good conscience. Another requirement is a good conscience towards God. In 1 Peter 3.21, it says, it says, the like figure where unto every baptism, Every baptism doth also now save us. It says, putting away of the filth of the flesh. But the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ. That means we must have a good conscience towards God. And we were talking about when do we get when do we get baptized? The time of baptism. 
To be eligible for water baptism, a person must receive proper instructions, repent, believe, and have a good conscience towards God. The length of time it takes to meet these requirements will differ depending on the individual. Like we said, some people, you know, kids get uh, baptized very um, early on, five, six years old. They say, yes, in my son's case, he was nine when he had this encounter with Jesus. And the Lord told me to baptize him. We were in Jamaica, and I didn't I didn't wait on, uh, to come back to Canada to go take him to the church to baptize him. What for? You know, you know, we are on the, a lot of times, you know, and let me tell you something else. We are supposed to be able to lead people to Jesus Christ without taking them to church. How many of you have gotten real excited about taking someone to church? Take, take, you took them to church, and they, they, they didn't treat, preach the, the message of the gospel. They just had a, a healing rally, and then the person um, on their way out of the church said, it was okay, I enjoyed it, and they never came back. Why? That's not the way it works. They don't necessarily preach a message like that. They just invite people at the end of the um, service to come up if they want to give their life to Jesus Christ. But they did not explain. So why would the people go to get themselves in some something that they did not understand? So when we meet people, what we need to do is form friendships and relationships with them and then begin to explain these things to them. So if we have the understanding, we can explain it to them. We can pray for them and show them these, these things that are written in Scripture. Later on, maybe later on, we can say, oh, by the way, you want to come to church with me? By now, they, they, this person is already in the Lord. They already have understanding. They have already been educated. So these things that are being taught, why are they being taught? So we can go out there and, and, and explain these things to people that we're talking about. We can have an understanding of how this thing works. And, and stop bringing the people to church the first day, and then they never come back because they're wondering what's going there. And people are asking them for offering, tithes and offering. Like, whatever. What, what, why am I giving tithes? Why are you asking me for my money? Do I know you? Oh, people get upset and they leave. And saying that these people are just uh, seeking money. But if they have understanding about tithes and offering from the word of God, then now they will give it gladly. Because they know that God is the one who's providing for them. God is the one who's providing through them, to them, through their jobs or whatever avenue, they, they, their source of income, God, that God is the one who's doing that. And no people can do things with understanding. But for them to get understanding, we must be educated and be able to impart people with this education, this knowledge that is from God. How they can be a part of this kingdom. How they can get healing. Or they can take the fact that they, they don't have a job, they don't have proper financing before God and say, Lord, what do I do? And he, he can cause an opportunity to, to be open up for them. So to, to summarize, the practice of the early church in relation to baptism was as follows. One, before baptism, they taught the basic facts of the gospel, centering on the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Two, they related these facts to the act of baptism. And three, look what they did. They verified understanding, repentance, and confession of faith in the new believer. They verified that the person was in agreement with these conditions. Then, they, then baptism in water followed immediately. After baptism, the new believers received further instructions for spiritual development. So you can't, you can't come to Jesus Christ and then go, you know, I don't want to be a part of his body. You, you come, you repent, 
you get baptized, and then you never show up to church and say you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're a Christian. That's not the way. That's not the way it is. That's that's my, that's the rendition that many people create in their in their minds. A figment of your imagination is not a fact. We got to go back to scripture to see what 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 really connotates you being a believer of Jesus Christ, a follower of Jesus Christ. And the significance of Christian baptism. The following text reveals the spiritual significance of Christian baptism. And I'm reading from Romans 6, 1 to 4. Romans 6, 1 to 4, for those who want to go there. It says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. It's talking about the change that should happen, the transformation that begin, begins to happen when it comes to Jesus Christ. That you're no longer, have, you no longer have the desires for the things of the world. If you were in sin, then you, it's being broken off of you. Your nature, you have a hunger and a thirst and a desire for the things of God. If you are addicted to uh, addiction, drugs, and so forth like that, God can break those things off of you. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? It says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized unto Jesus Christ were baptized unto his death? Which is one of the, with the significance of baptism is that the old man goes down. Right? All of the sin nature goes down with that and a new man in Christ is risen up. He said, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. A Christian is supposed to be a person that you can identify. If, you're been, if you've been around him, for, him or her for a while, even without that person speaking a lot, necessarily saying a lot of things, you can pick up that there's something about this person. That if Jesus Christ lives on the inside, then people will know that there is something. The Bible says that we are a peculiar people. We are the salt of the earth. That means you won't see us doing that, what you see those uh, many of these crazy people that are doing. You look in the in the U.S. and see all of what's happening over there. You know the Bible says that God hates violence, and the, and the Bible says to be angry and sin not, and, and also the Bible says. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. I will repay. In other words, if you're a Christian, the Bible talks about one of the fruits of the Spirit, self-control. What is what is it? What is the disposition of a Christian? We cannot be doing the things that the people outside are doing. We cannot react. If you belong to Jesus Christ, you can't react the same way to things that are happening. It's not consistent with scripture. We have to we have to we have to take on the nature and the character of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Bible talks about forgiveness. In Romans 6, uh, 11, 12 and 14, it says, it says, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, <clears throat> but alive unto God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, dead to sin and alive to God. 
Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey the lust thereof. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. When you're under grace, you have the power to overcome sin. The power of the Holy Ghost. God has given us the necessary, the ability to walk away from sin, from sinning against him. In Galatians 3, verses 27, it says, For as many of you as have been baptized unto Christ have put on Christ. Bible said we put him on. We can have the mind of Christ. How is it that the mind of Christ would react in today's, in the situations that are happening outside? How is it that he would? Would Jesus Christ be rioting on the streets? Uh-uh. He'll be, he'll be preaching the gospel. If we see, uh, you know, it's an identity problem that the world has. An identity problem. Many people are looking for their identity from another person or another group of people. And then all of their problems are going to be solved. But I'm not looking from, for an, from, from my identity from man. There's, I mean, all 8 billion people on the, on the planet are 7 plus billion. Approving of you does not give you an identity. It might make you feel good, but there's no identity in that. There's only one way you can get an identity, and, and, and your identity has to be in Jesus Christ. And if people will begin to understand that, they will settle that once and for all. That we, it means now, whatever people say outside against you really has no way to it. That's just someone's opinion. So whether they say good things or whether they say bad things, it really does not matter. Because you know who you are. And when you come to Jesus Christ, your identity, that you're a child of God, that you're a created being, will overcome any opinions of men. And you will know that if anyone speaks anything less than you, less than that to you, that they just don't have this understanding, they don't have this revelation, you will pity them. You will feel sorry for them. You will try and explain to them that they need to find their identity in Christ. And then secondly, if people are not treating you accordingly, you should expect it. Because those who are not in Christ, they don't understand the spiritual value of human beings. They look at you based on your physical disposition. And they value based on that. So the key is in Christ. Everything that we're seeking for is in Christ. So a lot of this anarchy that we see happening world, worldwide is because people just don't, they're lost. They don't know who they are. They have no identity. And that's why we have to get busy and go, go, go so that God can use us to reveal who they are to them. And then their behavior pattern will change. Uh, so we're wrapping it up uh, now. And uh, it's, we just want to speak a little bit on the words spoken at baptism. So we have discussed the requirements to, uh, to be met before uh, baptism and confirmed that it is to be total immersion in water. What are the words that, are, that should be spoken at the time of baptism? 
let's say someone, let's say you went and and your neighbor, you 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 know, you preach Jesus Christ and your neighbor decided to receive Jesus Christ and they wanted to be baptized. And there was no especially in this season, you might not have a church, you can go and baptize them. What words should you speak? Jesus said to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, which is one. Many ministers choose to use these exact words when baptizing, and this is acceptable according to Scripture. But it is also acceptable to just use the name of the Lord Jesus. So you can baptize people in the name, upon your confession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then you will baptize a person. But if you said, upon your confession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, then that also is acceptable. In uh, Acts 8.16, it says, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And in Acts 10.48, it says, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Acts 19, verses 5 says, and when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So we don't have to make a, you know, a lot of times we fight over stuff like this which i mean it's laughable to god the idea is that people would come and be baptized you know people would repent and uh, and then we baptize them uh, to to signify what god wants to um, signify with that uh, process and we're going to be starting as soon as we get a location and so forth like that we're going to have a you know we're going to start water baptizing i know a lot of people are uh, maybe a few people i think about two three people are waiting on us to um to baptize them will be yeah, as soon as this COVID-19 delay which has prevented us from moving into a physical location which actually is an advantage in many um, areas but then we're going to be starting to uh, do this so you know you know this is what we, we don't want to make these sessions really elongated we want to make them um, short short and impactful we want to just uh, you know go through the word of God and uh, find out what is re really written there and empower this, you know, by the Holy Spirit. And we thank God for the the, the testimonies of the transformation of the, that you guys are sharing with us. Imagine this, right, that we're uh, uh, far away from many of you guys, miles away and so forth, and you're calling us and telling us what God is doing in your life. Mm -hmm. And this is, um, this is why we're doing it, right? People are getting breakthrough in many different areas, many different things, and understanding is coming to people. So, you know, that's this that is the message for today. And you know, we I invite those who have not truly spoken the words. Jesus, I want to repent of my sins. I want to make you my Lord and my Savior. Come and have me as your child. Forgive me of my sins. I want to know you. I want to serve you. This Jesus is the key. Not God in a general sense. I went to a store yesterday and this uh, guy was just, when um, the store owner was kind of just patronizing me. You know, oh, take care of yourself. Oh, you know, because of the coronavirus, I had the mask on. I'm, I'm like, I, he just got me upset. I was like, listen, I'm not, I'm not wearing this mask because, uh, because I'm scared. I'm just doing it because I don't, I don't want to get into fights with people. So they say I don't have on my mask. But, but quite frankly, this whole coronavirus thing, I'm not scared of it. Didn't I tell you that I'm a minister already? Do you know that people who are in Jesus Christ have divine protection, uh, that we have angelic protection, that we can't just die like that? Let's not, um, you know, 
play around with the things of God. All of a sudden, he's straightened up. Don't patronize him. Don't feel, don't feel sorry for me. Take care of yourself. No way. I don't do that. I'm deliberate about this. This is what we need to be. We need to be deliberate, understanding what is in Scripture, and then saying, yes, this Scripture applies to me. Period. Unapologetically. That's the kind of faith that God wants us to have in. Surety. And that's what we're, we're encouraging others to build in themselves. In every area of your life. No more confusion. No more frustration. No more, oh, I wonder if the Lord is involved in it. No more of that type of stuff. No. I hope I'm not being uh, too forceful. But we need to get this. So we're just gonna we're gonna open up. Uh, anyone needs prayer for any particular thing? We have uh, some people here that will help us in praying. And don't be shy. Be bold. If you have something that is private, we can pray for you. You can call us and we can pray separately. But we like the fact that we can get together this morning as the body of Christ. The Bible says, "Where two or three are gathered in His name, He's in the midst of them." It's that much more powerful. Not when I pray individually. It's that much more powerful. When everybody was here coming to agreement concerning the issue of one of our brothers or sisters and bring it before God, Jesus Christ, the high priest, like we just read. It's that much more powerful. He delights in his body. It not only delights in his ministers, he delights in his people, in his body. Every single one is precious. Every soul is precious, precious in the sight of God. And so if you have any issues that you need help with, this is the agency, the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ. We who are here will come into agreement with you concerning these things. And God will move on your behalf. I'm telling you, he will move on your behalf. And you will see a supernatural power will come and bring change and bring solutions to those uh, things that man could not take care of. So if you have a, a prayer request, you can type it uh, in the chat. And while some of you think about um, what it is that you want to request prayer for, I just want to share something. It's funny, we did nothing with the background, and um, as Andrade was speaking, um, I could feel this presence just came over me heavily. And then all of a sudden, I look on the computer, and everything was changed. And then even now, you could see his shirt. It's like I was just remembering the story about um, Mount, Mount Transfiguration, when the disciples were, when Jesus took them up, and he was trying to show them the deep things of the Spirit. And then he transfigured before them. Like he showed them who he really is as the son of God and he transfigured like they were able to see him and on his clothes it was like lightning. And then they were saying, oh my gosh, and like to, their spiritual eyes were open to the fact that they really saw who he was. And then when I saw this, it was like, oh my gosh, okay, but for some of you who don't understand or get the story. We'll explain at another time, but that was just something that, um, that that's just divine. So we we'll just leave that at that. And as Andrade was talking about um, baptism, 
And um, I could also say that this was spiritual confirmation because I wanted to share this afterwards uh, when he was talking about how we went on vacation to uh, Jamaica uh, by a principe when um, it was like five years ago to be exact. And uh, we had met these two families and then we just connected there and then we were just going to dinners, lunch and everything together. And um, this one particular night, I think it was uh, the second to last night that we were there, we met with them um, in the in the area there just to have dinner. And um, he was explaining to them, one was Jehovah Witness and another was, there was a lot happening at that time anyway. And he was explaining to them the Trinity of God and how God is three in one. He was saying he could take on three different forms, like he could be liquid, and then you were a spirit and then uh, vapor just as how you have take on three you could take on three different forms like oh you have ice ice could be solid then it could be h2o air and then something else what was the other one could be it could be it could have water it could take on three different forms yeah, like yeah. Um, water yeah. yeah solid and i was using that to explain the, um, the, trinity. the trinity right yeah. so after that is like my son he looked on and then he said I understood that. I understand that. And then when that understanding hit his brain and his heart, something connected in the spirit. And then all of a sudden, the revelation of Christ came to him the same way. And all of a sudden, the spirit of God fell upon him in the diner. And then he just started speaking in tongues and just started to have that encounter with Christ. And then we had to even take him back to the hotel. And then he was even prophesying and everything at the age of nine. And he kept on like for the night. And it, it was just something divine. And then we put him to bed and then I had a dream that night. Um, uh, and then Matthew came to me of, of how uh, John had baptized Jesus and then the dove came upon him. And then I got in my spirit that we should baptize him because know that he understood and the revelation of Christ hit his heart that we should do this. And it was funny Then Andrade woke up with the same thing saying we should baptize him. And I, why would you say that? I'm like, because I had a dream. The Lord spoke to me and pretty much we are supposed to do this. And we just took him the morning and read the scripture and just baptized him in the Caribbean ocean in the back there. So I'm just saying this to say once revelation hits the repentance revelation, then it's just natural to do what is next, which is baptism. And then not to break open what um, the ceremony is gonna be about next week. It was, it's also gonna be speaking on the Holy Spirit, which ties everything in, just to say, once there's understanding, then there's a baptism, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So I just wanted to share that with you guys because it just made sense at the time just to explain that part of it. Amen, awesome, thank you. Uh, also, uh, can we get um, Sister Marcia to pay, pray for uh, Joseph? Uh, Joseph is very relentless, and I like that about Joseph, mm -hmm. about his family come to Jesus, coming to Jesus Christ before it's too late. Mm -hmm. Sure. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this Sunday morning, a beautiful day that you have given unto us. And we thank you for the beautiful people who are on this Zoom meeting. Father, you have seen the requests of Joseph on behalf of his family. And you knew, oh God, before time that he would have asked 
for prayer for his family because he loves his family and he is concerned about their soul. Father, we thank you this blessed day. God, I don't know Joseph, but you know him and his family. And we join with him in faith believing that the souls of his family, oh God, they will be saved, that not one of them will die before, oh God, they fulfill their destiny and come to know you. Oh God Almighty, we thank you, oh God, whatever, oh God, that is preventing them from receiving salvation. Father, release, oh God, your spirit night right now on behalf, oh God, of Joseph's family. And remove, oh God, the stony flesh of their heart and give them a heart of flesh. Father, we ask, oh God, that you will renew a right spirit within them, oh God, and create a clean heart, oh God, so that, oh God, they can receive, oh God, the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you, oh God, what you will do in their life. Father, whatever, oh God, obstacles that are in their way that is preventing them, oh God, to hear the gospel and to receive, oh God, from you. God, we rebuke that spirit and we command, oh God, every dynamic forces that is in operation right now in the name of Jesus be dispelled in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray every shackles of chain that is upon them be broken right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, wherever they are, oh God, Father, ignite your spirit and your passion within them, oh God. Let them spirit become uncomfortable so that, oh God, when Joseph speak, oh God, this word that have gone forth, oh God, that they will have a hear to hear what the spirit of the living God is saying to them. Father, we pray, oh God, that you will give them a reprieve, oh God Almighty. For we know not we know not when, oh God, you will call us home. But oh God Almighty, that they, oh God, will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Remove what is stopping their hearing, oh God, so they can hear. Oh God, clearly what you're saying, Father, even if you have to show up in their dreams and give them an encounter, let the fire of the Holy Spirit, oh God, encounter them in their bed while they are sleeping, that it will become uncomfortable so that they can cry out, oh God Almighty. Father, we pray, oh God, that Joseph also will have an encounter with you in the name of Jesus, whichever method you you choose, oh God Almighty, so that he can hear clearly from you. And oh God, where you are taking him, for there is greatness in him, oh God. And you call him for such a time like this to do great exploit. Reveal yourself to him like never before. In the mighty name of Jesus, we command, oh God, your blessing upon his life, financial blessing in the name of Jesus, spiritual blessing, physical blessing, whatever is expecting, whatever his dreams are, oh God, let it not die, but resurrect any dead dreams right now in the name of Jesus. Release your 
power and let your anointing fall upon him this day i pray and father we pray and we thank you for what you're doing what you're going to do for what you have already done and that joseph will have a testimony for the words of my mouth oh god shall go forth with power and clarity so that oh god he will come forth and testify before us oh god of what you have done and joseph we stand with you this day in the name of jesus christ of nazareth amen 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 hallelujah praise god for that thank you jesus thank you, yeah, hallelujah praise god jesus and uh, if we can have uh Adriano. Adriano? Yes. Uh, can you pray for that second request for Antonio? Elizabeth's request. Elizabeth's request in the Elizabeth. Just for, for her dad, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we thank you. We thank you because we come expecting a great result. We come because we believe that you are going to do it, Father God. Because my sister Elizabeth.